Welcome to 757 Tales, Stories from Hampton Roads, Season 1, Episode 11. This week we wrap up our pirate series for now with the conclusion of Blackbeard, Howl, Black Bart, and other general stories of piracy. Or whatever it was, mm-hmm. went into this one town, didn't kill anybody, like right. I said, but you know, made away with a lot and went back out to his ship. They invited him back. But in the meantime, they had figured out who he was. So he came back in to face capture, and he was killed. Right. Okay, so if there were any remainder leftovers in his group, they went back to the ship and took off. And right. on a pirate ship, your captain's elected. Right. You know, popular opinion. And because Howell Davis thought so much of Bartholomew Roberts, they took him on. Mm-hmm. And his quote was something about, you know, this is not a choice mm-hmm. that I would have made. Right. But... Since I have this, I, I will do my best. Right. And ultimately, he's credited with 470 ships. Wow. Yeah. In two cases, in one case, he pulled into, and I've, I've forgotten the details, there was a fleet of ships, and there were like three guard ships. So he took a small boat and went right up to the largest guard ship, climbed on board, captured the guard ship. Right. So the other two gave up. Right. Okay, so now he's got this fleet, 16, 17 ships, that he captured by taking the guard ship. Mm-hmm. Then there's another story about, I believe it was in Nova Scotia, there was like 30 or 40 merchant ships mm-hmm. and several guard ships. And at this point, Roberts had a fleet of three ships. Mm-hmm. And he was a peculiar man. He didn't drink, and he had church services on right. the ship, but he allowed his crew to drink. There were very strict limits. You can't drink right. after sunset or right. whatever. Or on Sunday. Or, yeah. Whatever. So anyway, um, he had an orchestra. He had several people that played instruments or whatever. So he pulls into this port in Nova Scotia, and he's got red and black banners mm-hmm. flying, and these three ships are coming in with music and all that. And the crew of the guard ships jumped overboard, swam ashore. And they went, no, we don't have anything to do with this crazy guy. Well, now he had this whole fleet. Mm-hmm. And the guard ships, and he was so pissed that they didn't even talk to him. Right. You know, they didn't come to him and say, Wow, we've heard of you, you know, you win, or whatever. Right. So he burned everything. <laughs> he burned the town and he burned all the ships. And over his career, mm-hmm. he had three different flags. Wow. One yeah. of them just showed him drinking toast to the devil. Mm-hmm. In another one, he's standing, it also has the devil in it, but it's different. Right. And in his third one, He's standing with uh, his feet on skulls. Hmm. And under one skull, it says a Bahamian skull. And under the other one, it says a Martinique skull. Hmm. Well, the governors of both those places put a price on his head. Oh, okay. Okay, so he's getting back at them saying, you know, look, I got a price on your head. (laughs) And as a matter of fact, some of his pirates didn't have the same crew forever. Mm -hmm. You know, so they would, one of Bartholomew Roberts' pirates ended up in Virginia, mm-hmm. somebody recognized him. He was arrested. He was tried and executed by Governor Spotswood. Bartholomew Roberts said, I'm going to get you. Mm-hmm. So when Spotswood's term as governor was over, he wouldn't go back across the Atlantic. <laughs> he was scared to death he'd be captured. So right. we have Spotswood County now yeah. because he stayed. Wow. He, he was, was that scared. He was that yeah. scared. Wow. Now, Bartholomew Roberts um, was killed on his ship. Uh, apparently took a cannon broadside or a cannon shot to the chest. Yeah, so he captured all those ships, I think, in only three years or something. Yeah, a very short period of time. So he would have had a very valuable take over that short period, uh, but I'd assume that most of it ended up with the crew and stuff since he was killed. 
I wonder where all of his guys ended up in the end. Someone probably kept being pirates, but yeah. Well, there's I think there's only one known case mm-hmm. of pirate ship. First ship it gets is bang, bingo, you know, mm-hmm. literally in today's terms, millions of dollars. Right. Everybody took a share and went home. Right. You know, that's it. Right, because you're set for life. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I don't have to do this yeah. anymore. No, no. <laughs> life was difficult we, enough. We haven't been around long right. enough for anybody to know who we are. Right, right. Life was difficult enough with disease and everything and, uh, and no modern medicine. So you can imagine that a lot of them would have just done that too. That's, that's good. But Blackbeard is one of the pirates that has mm-hmm. a following. Steed Bonnet. Mm-hmm. for some reason does and there's an article in today's paper that HBO or somebody's doing a story about mm-hmm. Steve Bonnet the middle aged pirate the middle aged right. crisis or whatever right. instead of buying a, a red Corvette he bought a pirate ship right literally <laughs> paid for a pirate ship hired a crew wow okay wow. and uh, he was a, an officer in the British mm-hmm. military oh. but not a sailor yeah and he fell in with Blackbeard and Blackbeard right. kind of took advantage of him it's kind of like you're smart. I want you to stay with me. Okay, yeah. I'm going to put my crew on your boat to operate it. Right, uh, right. Hey, but, but you, I, want, yeah. <laughs> I need you right here, mate. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So the controversy over Duffus's book is that because there are different stories in Ocracoke and different stories in Bath, they both have a claim to Blackbeard because he may probably be from Bath and Ocracoke was where his final base was, and so there's different stories. Yeah. That's the gist of the controversy, right? Because this wasn't official recorded history. It was stories passed down. Right. Go back to this legend and the fact that some of these guys were spared, mm-hmm. came back to, to Bath. Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't you serve with uh, Captain Beard? Yeah. Yes, I did. What was he like? Well, he was like Paul Bunyan. I mean, he was mean. Right. You know, <laughs> fire in his beard and all that kind of stuff. Because they were, you know, you served with him. So he, right. what's special about that? Oh, he was right. a monster of a man. You know, right, so right. I think that's how that story could have right. originated. Sure. You know, and then passed on from generation right. to generation. Daring by association. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's you know, good. He that's was good. he was a ruthless. Yeah. Ergo, I Fine. was ruthless yeah. too. <laughs> I was one of his henchmen. And that devolved into, you know, reportedly him killing all kinds of people and having a log of his killings. When Maynard captured him, there's no mention of a log of... Right. This is neat, though. You talked about, you know, salvaging the Queen Anne's Revenge. Mm -hmm. And they found a cannon that was loaded but hadn't been fired. Right. And so when they they managed to unload it, they put wadding in there. Mm -hmm. You know, you put the... Right. Put the powder in, you put the shot in, then, in the... and then the wadding to keep mm-hmm. the ball tight. Right. Okay. Right. They went through the wadding, and there was actually scraps of paper that they can oh. read. And, <laughs> and what it was was essentially like the AAA guide mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Charleston or something. You know, it had <laughs> maps and all kinds oh, of stuff. Oh, that's neat. Wow. Way. Surprised that was in good enough shape to be red, actually red. Well, yeah. packed in there tight. Right. So Not much oxygen got to it. I don't know what the iron of the cannon around it would have done, but that's cool. When Carol and I, maybe it was at the Cape. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, because it was where they found the widow. Right. Okay, we were having lunch, and there's this pier, like 100 feet, 150 feet, rickety old pier that goes out in this right. little house on the end of mm-hmm. it with this little tin or metal flagpole and a pirate flag flying on it. So Carol and I like, we got to go right. see what this is. <laughs> Come to find out, this was the headquarters, the original headquarters of where they, the guy that found the widow. 
Oh, wow. So they had a lot of the replicas because we told them we would, had been to the exhibit. You know, it's, oh, well, come on in. And, you know, we got free entry and tour right. of this place. Right. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsor. Histories and Haunts costumed interpreters bring history to life in a way that is both educational and entertaining. Perfect for any special event. Now believe me, piracy is serious and it's dangerous. There might be people out here who are thinking of piracy as a second career or perhaps as a part-time job to bring home a little extra swag, but you're misleading them. They need to know that piracy is addictive. Oh, sure. Being a pirate is all fun and games when you first start off, but once you lose your first hand, well, then you're hooked. (laughs) I'm feeling like a pirate now. Hi, I'm Al Tuning, owner and creator of Histories and Haunts. Thank you, and I hope you'll remember us when you're planning something special for a school presentation or a community event, or you're looking for a public speaker, or maybe just some good family fun. As you've seen, we have an awful lot to offer. If you have questions about anything on the website, please contact me and I'll respond as quickly as I can. Al can be reached at 757-498-2127 or at historiesandhaunts.com. They had a cannon that was still in water mm-hmm. and, you know, they were doing the electrolysis right, stuff and all right. that. And they had been able to penetrate it with fiber optics. Mm-hmm. Well, when they went through the barrel end, mm-hmm. they found a lot of shiny stuff mm-hmm. like it might be crystal mm-hmm. or something like that. When they went through the touch hole, which was also plugged, mm-hmm. um, they saw lots of gold and silver images in there. Mm-hmm. So it's still sitting there. Wow. You know, they, uh-huh. they haven't cut it open or done wow. anything else. Yeah. But, but yeah. So was, they think there just, might be valuables inside the can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and just finding that was mm-hmm. just so serendipitous. It was right. like, who and, do? And what was the, uh, Witta, what was the source of the coins on board her? Well, the captain of the Witta, yeah. the Witta was a slave ship. Oh, okay. Okay. And it was captured by this guy. This guy from Massachusetts mm-hmm. was in love with a young lady whose father wouldn't let her near him because he was poor. Right. So he took off to make his fortune. Right. He went out, he captured this slave ship. They pirated several ships, mm-hmm. whatever, and I'm sure the names are available. Mm-hmm. So he was going back to Massachusetts. He was going to take his share, mm-hmm. go ashore and marry his sweetheart. Right. You know, but they ran aground and wrecked. Didn't get much of a chance to get his share off. Yeah. One of the amazing things is they found a shoe, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a child's shoe, and there was a report that there was like a 12 or 13-year-old boy right. uh, that sailed right. with him. Well, ship's boys in those days were only 12 or 13. Oh, absolutely. And they were like the, the jack-of-all-trades on board for simple tasks. And well, they do everything from climbing the rigging to serving the captain dinner or whatever. Well, that and powder yeah. monkeys. Yeah. People don't realize how little space there is right. in a ship right. with the beams. Yeah, gun deck is only has about four, four and a half feet of head clearance in some ships, right? So, right. So I mean, the average person was shorter then, but not that short. To carry powder from the yeah. bow, it's kept at the bow where it's right. underwater, okay? Right. To carry a powder bag back, you know, being able to run right. instead of Not having to, to duck your head. Duck yeah. your head. Okay. <laughs> of course, there was the risk of maybe a spark would touch that powder while you're walking right. through the gun deck or, right. or whatever. Right, so, so the faster yeah. you could get it to the gun. Yeah. Did you know that a British ship is the only place uh, in the empire that you can drink a toast to the royalty without having to stand up? No, I didn't know that. Yep. For that very reason. Because in the old days. You'd hit your head. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's great. Did you also know that naval officers, their sword isn't real. It's just a handle. Because at some event, 
the Navy say the Navy officers were getting carried away and flinging their swords around. So, so with royal decree, they will never be allowed to play with swords again. Well, U.S. Navy officers' swords are and Marine Corps swords are still. They were given a pint of rum a day and an extra shot before battle. All the ships of the British, former British Empire and the Commonwealth still have bars on board. You can drink on all of them at lunchtime. I was on an Australian ship when I was in Guam and we had beer at lunchtime and, and they still drink toasts in the evening at the, in the officer's mess and that kind of thing. Have you seen the old British naval officer's uniforms with the ring of buttons around the cuff? Yes. Do you know what that's for? No. Well, you mentioned young boys on ships. Mm -hmm. Well, a lot of times, prominent family might have a son, so they send him out, assign him to a ship or whatever, and, mm -hmm. and he comes up through the ranks and he learns he'll ultimately be an officer. Right. Okay. They were called snotties mm -hmm. because they have runny noses and they take their coat and wipe <laughs> their sleeve with it. So they put the buttons on the coat so that you couldn't do that. <laughs> That's funny. I learned all about the... Um the ship's boy succession to apprentice and that kind of thing when I was writing my current book that I almost have done. So it was kind of very interesting to learn about all of that system and how they came up that way. Of course, people died in their 30s or early 40s back then. So starting at 13 was common amongst oh, sure. everybody. And farmers, their kids got married at 13 or 14 and soon went and started their own farm. As soon as they reach puberty. Different time, that's Well, with sure. the motor mortality rate mm -hmm. among right. with newborns as high as it was right. you know you wanted to start young so right. you could have a lot of kids and people. you needed a lot of kids for a farm on top of it exactly so, right that's, yeah they had a lot more kids that's free labor you would see how little farmers had on hand in their you know will cash wise wasn't very much it was always their land and their equipment well I, it's very upsetting to the middle school kids when i'm talking civil war Mm -hmm. And I'm talking about, you know, young girls. Fathers didn't want daughters, necessarily. Right. Because you're not working. You're not bringing anything in. All you're doing right. is eating my food. And what I want you to do, I mean, daughters are good, but what I want you to do is go out and make babies. So I'll have right. more workers. Logical extension of that case was China until mm -hmm. just recently. Well, that wraps up our pirate stories for now. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week.